This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a really great guest. An extra great <laughs> guest. A better guest than some of the other guests. I don't mind saying. That's... I. I feel guilty now. Anyway, the point is, uh, she is a dancer, an arts administrator, a crafter, and much more. It's my wife, Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello, I'm here. You are here. Yeah, I, I feel guilty overboard. now, too. I went a little overboard, because I do like the other guests, but yeah. I'm not married to any of them. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, it's better than if you had said, like, here's one of the guests. She's an okay to guess. We've had better guests. <laughs> that would be worse. <laughs> yes, yes, it would. In my opinion. Anyway. Thanks, previous guests who are listening. I enjoyed you as well, but yes. we're not married. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not married to every guest of the podcast, and hey. I don't want to be. I appreciate the clarification. Okay. I guess I'm feeling Thank a little you, extra husband. neurotic today, so this will be a nice calming episode, because we're going to talk yeah. about a very calming thing. Yes, we are. We're going to talk about an obsession that you've had for a long time that I actually mm-hmm. did have to double check that we've never talked about before, because it <laughs> seems so essential to who you are, uh, and that is... Trees. 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 Because I bring it up no matter what the topic is. You do often. It often does come into play in both main episodes that you do with me and the bonus episodes that we do every month for Patreon Uh, Mm -hmm. in particular. that's It was the bonus episodes of like, we've done 78 episodes about trees. No, we've just mentioned them that many times Mm -hmm. Uh, because trees are awesome. They are. Most people feel that way. I think it's hard to find people who are like, oh, God, I just hate trees. Yeah. But you love trees. I do. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Just kind of big picture, because obviously we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for oh. you in, in the moment, in the modern times of your life? And then we'll, we'll go back. Yeah. I would say... Um, it- I really like <laughs> I really like trees. No, I I appreciate them aesthetically. I like being around them. I like to look at them whether I love to look at them in real life. I like to look at pictures of them. But I at the same time have no need to be an arborist. Like I am not a trained tree doctor. I don't yeah. need that to be part of my life. It's um it's it's being around trees that I like more than necessarily like the science of trees. Yeah, that makes sense. Like uh, I am interested in many things in life. I have no need to learn how to sculpt action figures, but I still like being around them. Mm-hmm. And I thought it'd be fair for me to bring up action figures because that's the thing <laughs> I bring up on almost every episode, the way you bring up trees. trees. So yep. true. <laughs> our, our fairness quota has been met there here we go. on Obsessed. Let's go back to the past. That makes sense of what you're saying. Okay. It's not a, yeah. I want to make this my whole life. It's a... They are really pleasing to you visually mm-hmm. and I imagine conceptually, but we'll dig into it. Yeah. So you're a kid. I, I am <laughs> still. It's true. <laughs> We've gone back in time. <laughs> you are a child. Do you have any like memory of of when you specifically first liked a tree? No, I was I was actually so I was um driving home to come do this podcast and was thinking about <laughs> Only this. Only reason you were coming home. <laughs> I was coming home also, <laughs> but I knew we were doing this. And I was thinking about this, and I I don't necessarily remember, like, my first tree. Um, I certainly remember, like, vague images when I was very, very little of the yard at my parents' house, which was my house where I was living when I was two. You'd come home to do podcasts, yeah. (laughs) You know, like you do. Um, I remember both of my grandmother's houses, and they had trees. 
Um, but I think uh, the trees that really kind of made the first impression on me that I remember is uh, my family moved to Red Wing, Minnesota when I was three. So still quite young. Mm-hmm. And the back of our house was um, connected to a ravine, which was full of trees. And then our backyard was full of like big old, I honestly don't remember, we'll say oak or maple or something okay. trees. But then the ravine itself was full of trees. And I would walk through the ravine a lot because on the other side of the ravine were where two of my really good friends lived. Okay. So I, had, I just have a lot of memories of trees just always being around and part of my life. And what sense did you get from them when you were young? Did they oh. feel calming? Did they feel like you were connected to something older or larger? Or what what feeling did it give you? I, I will start this by saying I did not always actively think about the trees, but definitely magical. Okay. Like they were magical. I think one of my neighbors had a weeping willow, which was just beyond magical. Like there were probably creatures living underneath <laughs> it. You know, I was very willing for there to be elves and wood nymphs and for, you know, my stuffed animals when I was gone to go have a party and a picnic underneath the trees because that was the safe space where they would go like party and have tea or whatever. Okay. So definitely magical. So that's really cool. And that makes sense. Uh, obviously, you must have been exposed to some media, even like Wizard of Oz, where trees are scary. Yeah. So it's interesting to me that you had a, an association that they're otherworldly, like they're magical. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not otherworldly, maybe more of the world um, to be magical. But you, but you always associated, associated that as a safe space, not as anything that like there are good trees, but then there might be scary magic trees. Um, I would say individual trees to me, if I thought about them, were good. <laughs> 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 that doesn't mean that spaces like forests or ravines, honestly, like it was really cool to have a ravine behind our house, but it was also sometimes a little creepy because it was really dark back there. Okay. And you don't know what's in the ravine. You know, I was like things like, you know, Little Red Riding Hood off into the woods. Like, are there wolves in the woods? You don't know. So I think the, the even though I liked forests, I think the collective was more where any sense of fear that I had came from, whether it was from you don't know what creatures are in the woods or also, you know, stranger danger. Right, of um, course. You don't know what's out there. Um, but in terms of individual trees, I don't remember. There wasn't like one like specific like, one that, that was kind of like rotting and falling apart and looked like it had a face. And you're like, that's not one for my uh, stuffed animals to have a tea party by. No, no. The okay. ones that were rotting and falling apart probably had, you know, squirrels and birds living in them. So <laughs> Chirping and saying, hello, yeah, Sarah. Exactly. As you walk through the ravine. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, okay, that makes sense. And we'll, we'll touch on some of those uh, specific ideas. I love that you brought up right away the difference between a tree or a few trees and a forest. Mm-hmm. Because a forest suddenly becomes different because of all those cultural associations mm-hmm. uh in the real practical like you don't know where you are mm-hmm. in uh, you know it is just trees and every other sort of reference point is removed from you yes i do also like forests well yeah of course i know you're not like <laughs> i'm pro tree and screw forest. Forest. <laughs> <laughs> were you a climber were there did you have mm. tree climbing adventures i had totally forgotten about this but yeah absolutely um no i was not you know me quite well, so this will come as zero surprise to you. Like the how high up can I climb in the tree and going too far up was just not my 
mode of operating as a child like it that. wasn't it just, a desire you had you didn't you had no. nothing to prove to yourself or the trees or other children in terms of how, how high how could you could yeah. get in the tree okay yeah. but that said i did enjoy climbing trees um if they were i you know i was pretty good at like scrambling up things okay uh i was not at that time yet a dancer but i had taken some gymnastic lessons and <laughs> <laughs> so you could Mary Lou retin your way up a low friendly tree. I yes, I could go sit on a low friendly branch, and I had a whole. So there was an old tree right. So my uh, bedroom window, and I in the same house was um, our house was on the side of a hill, so it was a uh, like the front. Anyway, doesn't matter. I couldn't jump out of my window, or else I would have fallen a story onto the ground. But there was a tree out, so I always was worried about fires, and so I always had my plan. Oh, really? And my plan was that I could climb out my window if I couldn't get to my brother's room, which was right next door, and his I could have jumped out of his window easily. But okay. I would climb out the tree. As I'm thinking about it, I don't think the tree actually had branches from my level down to the ground, so I, this wasn't a good plan. But it was, but just it was that still my immediate. Plan. Well, I, I, as a kid, and frankly, as an adult, mm-hmm. when I binge-watched Walking Dead and was walking around the entire world thinking of, uh, where would I go right now if zombies came around this corner? Yeah. I have made those kind of plans where you just, it's just the first step. Yeah. And you'll worry about the next step later. Yeah. There's a fire between <laughs> you and the window that's on ground level. What right. will you do? Jump in the tree. You're safer there. Yeah. Or like if somebody broke in. I think I was very worried about Stranger Danger. <laughs> well, uh, having grown up around the same time, we got a lot of that. Mm-hmm. On school and yep. on PSAs on television and very special episodes of sitcoms reminding yeah. us of everything that bad that could happen and be aware of trees you could jump into. <laughs> practically yes. a PSA. And I wasn't like I wasn't that worried about it, but I wanted I just had my plans that yeah. would or would not have actually worked. <laughs> okay, so you did some climbing for fun and they're always a safety backup. <laughs> I can jump into that tree. You know. That warm, friendly, magical tree mm-hmm. and it will be safe. Did you ever have or did you ever want a tree house? Um, my parents are going to listen to this and I am so sorry that I don't remember if we, I don't remember if we had a tree house. I think, I feel like my brother and I did have some version of a tree house okay. and I am just going to apologize right now to my parents. Well, you, yeah, you can apologize. Sorry. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I apologize as well. I don't know why, but I am. Okay. But to me, the essence of it is... Mm-hmm. It obviously didn't make an impact if you can't remember. Yeah, I think I had so many imaginary treehouses in my mind, I can't remember if I had any real ones. <laughs> I, you know, when I was putting these notes together, I went through this for myself because I had this same experience. We had a kind of fort that we built in the garage, and I'm sure I visited other kids' treehouses. Uh-huh. And I, I know I've been in a treehouse, but I don't know, treehouses are one of those like, is that a memory or am I remembering The Simpsons? <laughs> yeah, and like there's a structure in the backyard, but I don't think it was part of the tree, or was there a platform? But that was my brother's platform, and I would have had to climb farther than I wanted to to get. To. I, I honestly, okay. you don't have a past clear memory yes, of a treehouse. I did not live in a treehouse as a child. Would you want a treehouse now? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Especially if it was like you know, there's a lot of. <laughs> tree houses for adults out there yes there are um or trees that are just or houses that are built around trees um and i like that idea as long as it was you know a good relationship for the tree i wouldn't want to be damaging the tree right i also do in general when i'm in you know our living space appreciate the concept of walls yeah so 
something where like squirrels could just come in and decide that they want to sleep on your pillow tonight yeah. is not something that I actually want as where I live full time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't mean the total fantasy question. of <laughs> Should we give up our apartment and build a tiny house in the trees? I'm well, sure Los Angeles just allows that. I'm sure they do. <laughs> um, it's it's like those times types of details that I'm sure there's like a way to do it. You just put mesh around it or something um, <laughs> like around the opening where the tree is. Yes. It was. Is- um, Astonishing to me, my family moved to the Pacific Northwest uh, when I was in elementary school, and a lot of trees in that area, because it's very temperate, or a lot of trees, a lot of houses in that area, have trees inside of them, which like blew my Midwestern mind, because you couldn't do that, because that would let in the cold and the snow and all of this, and but nope, like they would have a tree in the middle, and I'm trying to remember, like, did they have a net around it? Like, some of them were in the middle of the hallway that oh, just went just, outside. That what that. There was like a opening in the hallway. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. In the Pacific Northwest, because yeah, there's you know there's some rain there yeah. that happens in the Pacific there Northwest. Is. There is. Wow. I I'm gonna need to look this up. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh. Well, I, I do want to talk more about the trees yes. in the houses, but I I don't want to lose track of yeah, tree sorry. houses. Tree houses. So yes, obviously not uh not we we're not gonna move out of our apartment and live in a tree house, but. Mm-hmm. So there are several awesome gardens uh, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, like large uh, places like Descanso Gardens. Yep. So in Descanso Gardens does, uh, you know, special events and there's some old massive trees there. Mm-hmm. So if like Descanso Gardens had a special event where like we've built a tree house <laughs> for, you know, $100, you get an hour in the tree house. You can read a book. You can bring your cocktails up there. Is that a thing that holds romance for you? Would you be so excited by that? Or is that not your relationship to trees? Um, I would, both. I would say, like, in general, that's not necessarily my relationship with trees. I'm not always looking at trees going, ugh, I wish I had a little platform. I wish I had a little tree house in you, tree. But that said, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I truly love the trees at Descanso Gardens. Like, they're oak grove and their ancient forest are to me magical absolutely magical places and if they had like one of their big oak trees um did have some sort of platform that you could go up there yes i would want to do that okay okay so uh we've talked about your relationship with tree houses even mm-hmm. more than I expected to uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh and we've talked about your your first memories of trees mm-hmm. now as you're getting older teens or adult when did you have any sort of realization that you just liked them aesthetically to the point where you wanted to get books or put up pictures of trees because by the time we met uh-huh uh and began our romance uh-huh. you had many tree books you had many yeah. pictures of trees pinned around your apartment so it was clearly like you at that point clearly had self-knowledge that you liked the aesthetics of trees and wanted mm-hmm. them around you i um, I don't know that I ever actually had a moment of realizing that. I okay. think I just always, you know, as I evolved from like, oh, I'll take whatever poster is in Seventeen magazine and put that on the wall to like choosing what I was putting up. But um, I, I think that I just did always have this affinity for trees because from a fairly young age, we'll say like somewhere in the like 8 to 11 range, my relatives would often give me birthday cards that had 
magical trees on them. <laughs> and like by net magical, I don't mean like, ooh, a drawing with a fairy on it. I mean like a big ancient tree. Um, in particular, when we lived in Washington State, and I did really love that idea of magical, like some of these, one of these trees is going to have a door to somewhere. So you must have expressed that out loud in order for relatives to I pick did. up on this. I did. So when we were in Washington, uh, my aunt and uncle who live out there, uh, we would go hiking through the forest with them. And they in particular wanted to show me because I had talked about this. And there's a tree that at least at that point had a little like Bilbo Baggins door in it. Oh, damn. Yeah. And so they specifically brought us there so that I could see that tree. And I think they are in particular the ones who had sent me cards with, you know, like a little girl sitting and reading a book with a tree that's like 20 times the size of her. Yeah. And so things like that were some of the first items that I tree-related items that I would put up on the walls. Okay. Um, and the Pacific Northwest, if people do not know, is very full of trees. <laughs> and so that was I. That was um, amazing. Yeah, me. so that was an impact on you as well, huge. as well as your ravine. Yeah. Okay, the, the tree with the door in it. Yeah. Did it open? Did it go anywhere? No. Okay, it was just aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, but there's a, the a, like a mailbox. You could leave letters there. <laughs> Did you leave a letter? I don't think so. What was actually, your reaction I think the first time it? we went there, she told us about it, and I think the path was closed, so she sent me a picture of it, so okay. I knew about it. Okay. I was I I was all in, yeah. um, whether it was um, Bilbo Baggins or just like, you know, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh or, you know. <laughs> you didn't care what was Robin. behind the door. No, I mean, there was like <laughs> a fun, there was going to be a wood nymph who lived, like, it, to me it was like, yes, an acknowledgement that, that there's magic and that things live in these forests and in these trees. And it was uh, a positive thing to me. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. In your imagination, was a door like that a portal to otherworldly, to something different? Or was it, as you were just saying, much more of a recognition of trees themselves are magical? This idea is that they are clearly, vibrantly alive, but alive in such a different way from us mm-hmm. that that your fascination was in that that truth of their, their real magic, or was it more like they're a portal to something different? Oh, it was totally, totally a portal. <laughs> 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 I mean, now as an adult, I do have a great appreciation for the magic of trees, but I think yeah. as much as I loved tr- trees at that time, it was also like, if I open this door, there's going to be like a subterranean world that's under these hills or inside these trees that's going to be really cool and i can go explore it and you know meet the creatures that live in that world i I was all about there being like you know other creatures having worlds in other layers like the gnomes or whatever the dwarves living inside the hill you were just real excited about subterranean tea parties with gnomes under trees pretty much (laughs) well okay why do you think that particular idea within fantasy captured your imagination um it's a good question and i don't have a good answer i don't know i mean i read a lot of those books but how much it captured my imagination because i was reading those books like the idea of fairy hills and that there would be a a door that would go in and then inside of the hill was the fairy land whether good fairies or bad fairies there's plenty of stories about both or dwarves but i read a lot of stories like that and certainly it it uh, appealed to me, so I kept reading them. Yeah. But also, I don't know how much of it is like, did I just stumble upon those and then I found it and then I got really much more into it because that's what I happened to stumble into? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I would just, I would guess that those stories speak to somebody who wants to explore and learn new things. 
in that yeah. makes sense. Like the same way, like yeah, I, I, if somebody gets really excited about a certain kind of um, fantasy or sci-fi with action and adventure, like there's a little bit of a power fantasy of like, what if I was the hero with a sword fighting, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But like, ooh, I just want to go look around their world. You yeah, know, there, there's, there's not even like a sort of Indiana Jones like and see and get their treasures. Like you just wanted to go like. Is this where you live, gnomes? Cool. Show me. <laughs> Tell me about it. Let me be the not like I didn't need to be the only one, but like I wanted to be one of the ones who got to have access to this other. Yeah. So I'm sure there was a like, oh, I want to be the special one who gets to go inside the door. Right. But um no, I think I just it was a really fun idea that there was that there is more to uh that there'd be like multiple levels of creatures living. Yeah, and more to yeah. our physical reality than yeah. is immediately obvious. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have, as you've gotten older, a specific kind of tree that you would go to is like, yeah, that's mm. my favorite tree? Yes. I would say in general, my two favorite trees are cedars and oaks. Okay. But I'm also quite fond of a good weeping willow. <laughs> Is the the so the oak is to me, and mm-hmm. this might be my bias, you know, growing up in the Midwest is just like if you were just going to create a generic picture of tree, like an oak tree is a tree tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel the same way about cedar? Um, yes and no. So I, if I can back up, so Please I do. like oaks. I think I I always like like oaks just feel sturdy, but they also have they have that magical element. They can get those like gnarled branches yeah. which is one of the things that i really like about trees they can be um i think considered ancient trees um which is you know because they can get so big and so old so i really like that aspect of it um and then since moving out here to california there's the tree oak trees out here are totally different um not totally different obviously they are the same species but yeah. they they have a different look. A lot of the trees that are oaks, I didn't realize for a long time were oaks um, because the leaf shape, like I had learned like red oaks and white oaks. But out here we have, you know, like coast oak, live oaks and scrub oaks. But Damn. we went to, uh, you and I went to a place called Filoli, yeah. which is outside of San Francisco. And there are these magical trees that were almost like bluish looking. Those are oaks. Oh, really? And they just, those feel to me like, those are the trees that I've seen as an adult in California that feel otherworldly. Yeah. Um. So I so I had a, it's so fun to have a new appreciation for a, a kind of tree that I liked, but a different type of right. it. Right, you had an oak renaissance. I did. Yeah. Um. And then cedars, I've always like, I love the smell of cedar, I think is a big part of it. Um. And then, and cedars, you know, are kind of an evergreen type tree. So I like some of the different versions of cedar. Um, but cedar is also partly just the smell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in terms of your your tree journey, in terms of being cognizant of liking it, mm-hmm. you have a book that uh, <laughs> we mention on the podcast relatively often. Is it Remarkable Trees of the World? It is. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the story of that book? When did you get it? I don't remember. <laughs> I it's either... just been with maybe some dwarves gave it to you. <laughs> it just appeared in my door one day in my door in my room one day in my magic door in the tree no i think i either bought it at barnes and noble or it might have been a present from my parents again okay. I'm, I'm sorry to my parents <laughs> i have no memory anymore um i understand sometimes when things have been with you for a long time they do they the uh the roots kind of dig down like trees and you're like where yeah it's just been there right 
I've I'm, always had remarkable trees of the world. I'm pretty sure, actually, that my dad gave it to me. Okay. Very specifically. It might have been a graduation from high school gift. So okay. So I should remember that. Okay. Um, yes. So that was a very um, remarkable book. But it's, <laughs> it's so fun. It shows all these different trees. It's a big picture book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm glad I asked uh, for no other reason than to get the tone that you just used. Because <laughs> that's how you often talk about trees. And it was it early is. in our relationship where you were just like, I just like trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has uh, stuck with me. So it's fun to dig into it in this uh, specific one, specific way. Um, do you, this is a weird one. Do you like young trees? I do. Or is your relationship so much about the ancient that young trees are like boring? No, no. I like I like trees of all shapes and sizes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's so good about young trees then? <laughs> their new life, their new growth. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I I think it is kind of the old gnarled trees that often spoke to me, um, but also thinking of another tree that i don't see very often i like birch trees also which have you know the white bark on them and oh they're yeah just very distinct um they have a different energy to me like almost more do. like like ghostly i mean because they're literally white but there's yeah. something about them that's like um like uh, in in my mind growing up in the midwest and minnesota oak trees are like there's like solid you know responsible we've been here forever we are the elders of the trees and mm-hmm. the birch trees have this sort of like we don't even know what we're doing here but we're doing our best like there's to me oh, that was so like the funny. emotion that i associated with them of like we're kind of doing our own thing we always look a little like we're peeling even if we're in good health yeah like that we're trying to just keep it together to me they're always very wise okay i don't know maybe they were like in the front yard of a friend's house and i thought they were really wise or something. <laughs> so therefore, birch trees became wise I'm to sure me. <laughs> I am in the minority thinking that birch trees are neurotic trees just trying to keep their stuff together, man. I think I'm probably in the minority. I there. don't know. We, we'll find out. We'll start asking people. Okay. <laughs> um, but what did you ask? Young, I was, we were talking young about young trees. trees. Yes. So <laughs> I was very excited. Young, healthy I, trees. So I had the opportunity at work this year. Um, a lot of tree. I work at uh, a mansion and gardens here in Los Angeles, and a lot of trees were planted. And it has was so much fun to watch. And some of those trees were a little bit bigger for quote unquote new trees. Um, but last year we also planted some trees because we had lost a lot of trees over the years due to the rains, and they were um, wind eucalyptus storms, windstorms. Right? Also, some of the eucalyptus had to be taken down because of fire danger. And so um, it's been really fun to see these trees get planted and kind of keep watch them and keep an eye on them and see how much they grow and some of them are oaks they grow very slowly and some of the other ones grow very quickly um we also have fruit trees i mean fruit trees are a whole nother thing like that's amazing you can just walk up to this tree and you know pick a lime <laughs> okay uh you're throwing so I'm, many so I many know. great tree thoughts we'll get back to fruit because so that's great but i, I did <laughs> want to actually talk about your professional involvement with trees mm-hmm. can we talk a little bit more about the details mm-hmm. is that okay mm-hmm. uh so tell me if i'm getting this right you had to get new trees at a specific spot in graystone for reasons mm-hmm. and you picked out the trees oh no and i thought you helped guide which trees should be there no, no. I I did help guide with one of the trees. Okay. So um, the, there were cedars that had originally been planted there by the family that built the house. And a lot of those had fallen down or been taken down over the years. 
Um, and one was specifically replacing one of the Deodar cedars or Deodor, some people say, that had fallen over in a windstorm. Okay. And so that one, they were trying to put a magnolia or something there. And I was like, no, this was a Deodar. We actually need a Deodar here. So that one, we did get a Deodar. Okay. The others, because climate is changing, Deodars are not doing as well in Southern California as they used to. Also, there's some issues with the current stock so a lot of them have disease and we want trees that will last obviously so um so that is the only dr cedar that got planted and then the others were a variety of some atlas cedars a lot of oaks various types of oaks and magnolias some podocarpus some western red buds i had so much fun learning so much about trees but you were part of this process so even if you weren't deciding except for that one where you put your foot down and say we need some tree continuity for historical reasons i did uh, so you're involved with it, got to research trees. And how involved were you in the great tree crane journey? I got to watch and I took a lot of photos and video. Okay, but tell, I, like, tell us about that. Yeah, so we planted, we, um, the <laughs> the people planted, <laughs> the crane, the people that were hired. <laughs> I did not do any planting. I just stood on the sidelines and watched um, was really my role here because my role was to help oversee the the property and the site and the yeah. programs that were going on. And, you know, we have a city arborist. They had hired a landscape designer. All They're the ones who did all the trees. Got it. And chose all the trees. So but you I weren't just get an observer. You were, you were... I was a um, historical advocate um, and also there to help, you know, kind of watch, all, especially with all the planting. So what happened is they brought in this huge crane to plant something like 26 trees. And a lot of the trees were going very close to historic structures and historic paths. So especially some of those I was there and also going over historic trees. Yeah. Um, so I was there a lot to just for my own peace of mind and also because it was really fun to watch them bring these giant trees in on this super tall crane and get them into the little, you know, box where they're putting in their tree. And it was so much fun. It was uh, – I didn't watch it all four days. It was four days of tree okay. planting. So in some of these were not – these were not like little saplings. These were trees that had already grown quite a bit, basically yeah. flying through the sky. Yeah, a lot of them are 20-foot trees, Okay, which is so, fairly large. That is just a cool <laughs> image and a cool story, so I wanted to share that. But I also wanted to get to this. Mm-hmm. When you are watching your beloved trees mm-hmm. fly through the sky on a crane, what was going through your mind in terms of being a tree lover? Like, obviously, mm. it's obviously you were watching for the safety. You were watching because it's just people don't see trees fly through the iron cranes very often yeah but were you affected as a tree lover did your mind go to any of your your associations of trees of the past honestly no but i think more because i was just so captivated by flying the trees (laughs) like just watching trees flying and then as they come down and you see how big they are is pretty amazing so i think i was amazed by the mechanics of it all and then it was so fun to go from one day like there is this path that was basically dirt and by the end of the day there were seven new trees along this path yeah and it just transformed it and it made that path which had felt not magical feel magical oh nice with nice. like that walking through a, like it was a, a pathway that has uh, we'll say seven i don't remember exactly how many but trees lining the path um oak trees Okay, cool. Yeah, different kinds of cool. trees. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'm going to appreciate that path the yeah. next time I visit a Greystone even more. There's just something cool to me about, you know, so much what we were talking about 
early on, especially like the, from the childhood perspective of there, mm-hmm. there are these ancient things rooted in the earth and our imagination is that there'd be a door inside them. Of course, it would lead to something subterranean under and to just kind of see them in a different magnificent way of like mm-hmm. flying through the sky entirely detached from yeah. the ground and yet they're still alive and can, you know, yeah. grow in this new spot. It yeah. Is, there's something about that that just sort of like um, shakes up some of the imagery or sort of mythic nature of uh, of trees yeah yeah and just to see how much it can be transformed and honestly if we had you know in any of those large holes that have been dug for the trees if there had been a door to an underground world that was where the gnomes lived uh i would have been really surprised <laughs> that would have <laughs> been a hell of a mildly. thing to discover like okay this was a deodar cider and also the gnomes do live here so we can't disturb their habitat <laughs> So we need to be very careful about how we proceed. Right? Like, we thought it was hard digging around irrigation lines. <laughs> Imagine digging around dwarfs' tea stops. Uh, since we've been talking about different trees in different places, and we live in Los Angeles, yeah. what are your palm tree feelings? Um, well, palm tree technically is not a tree. <laughs> okay. I believe I've been told that. Okay, who this told you This is where I go that? back to I'm not an, actually an arborist. I believe one of the arborists that I work with. Okay. So um, I like palm trees. They're, I mean, especially for Los Angeles, they're very fun. In terms of the reasons that I like trees, mm-hmm. one of the reasons I think I like trees is they provide shade. And in places where it's hot and sunny, you want shade. Yeah. The palm trees do not provide shade. No, not, so, not particularly good my, shade. Tree needs here in Los Angeles. They do not really <laughs> but they look really cool on the horizon. They're beautiful in sunset photos. Yeah, um, I I think they're very pretty. Okay, palm fronds when they fall are slippery. Everybody who told us that when we moved here, they were correct. Yep, I have almost died seventeen times. That's that's just a thing that happens with the old fronds. <laughs> uh, I'm not laughing at you. I was almost dying. Please don't. Oh, I know. Thank you. I know. Yeah, you, I, you, I I've almost died in front of you, and you didn't laugh at all. No, it's very kind. Um, <laughs> So uh, whether or not they're technically trees, <laughs> they sure look and stand like colloquial trees. And they're called palm trees. They're all called palm trees, not palm, not trees, something else. I understand. No offense to arborists listening, uh, yep. whatever. And maybe I'm wrong. Um, but for the purposes of our discussion, yeah. Um, is, is it partially that they are so associated with specific places, with Los Angeles, with uh tropical with florida like almost any sort of like packet on television that you will see about like los angeles it will immediately start with a shot of palm trees right yeah is it that the association of where they have been planted is so powerful that you can't just see them as the physical object they actually are Oh, that's a good question. You know, I went to one of the gardens that we went to. There was a palm tree forest. Yeah. And also at Virginia Robinson Gardens is um, a public garden you can go to. Also, they're very well known for their palm forest, palm tree forest. And they have versions that will grow there, I think, that don't grow other places. And that, seeing the variety, has really given me a greater appreciation for them. Okay. So I think just, like, seeing them, I have nothing against them, but seeing, (laughs) like, just seeing them down the side of the road, I didn't necessarily think a lot about them one way or another. Yeah. But then seeing the wide variety of palms that do exist. Yeah. Gives, gave me a greater appreciation for them. I just kind of love them because I know that they were 
planted here, right? Mm-hmm. That there was a choice to bring them here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they do have this strong aesthetic of being in a sunny, theoretically exciting place. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles is just a place, and sometimes it's incredibly exciting, and other times not so much. Um, but I, I love them for that aesthetic. But then when you try to step back and you're like, just see them, take away all of the associations and just see them, they're so weird. Like if you would stand them next to a bunch of trees, this would be like the, huh. Like if there was, if Pixar makes a movie called Trees, yeah. the palm tree is going to be like the weirdo. The tall, The one that's one. too tall and then just has a bunch of crap at the top. Yeah. And then does a bunch of weird things that other trees don't do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. And I, I love them as a symbol of Los Angeles. And I am amused by the tradition of wrapping part of the trunk with... Christmas lights during the holidays. <laughs> yeah, but not all the way but up. But not it's all like, the way up. But it's too like, much work. They're too tall. They're, they're too, too tall. gangly. You can't get up there. You can't even get all the way up the trunk. It's just like <laughs> the lower 10 feet that get wrapped. It's like, good enough. was so weird to me when we moved here, but now I just appreciate it. <laughs> Let's talk about Christmas trees, because that's sure. another big tree association. Yeah. How do you feel about Christmas trees? Oh, I'm, I'm torn. This Ooh. has been a hard, complicated thing in my life. Yeah. So, um... Do you mean specifically about real versus artificial? Well, you or... can you, you can answer the question however you want. I know that has been a thing. So. That is a thing. I also just want to say I once did try to get a job, um, a summer job, working at a Christmas tree farm. Oh, really? Yeah. I was so excited about it. And the guy who ran the farm on the phone told me that I didn't sound strong enough. What? Yeah. Screw that guy. He's like, it's really hard work. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm good at work. And he's like... I don't know. I think there was another reason it didn't work out. But basically, he didn't want to hire me. What a fool. Yes. I would have been very good at helping to shake Christmas trees in the summer and carve them. Yes. You are a hard worker and you are ridiculously (laughs) strong. And I can climb up ladders. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I always used to really love the idea of like you have a tree. My family would often go cut down a tree. We would... You cut down an actual tree? Oh, yeah, multiple times. Um, My dad and I used to have this tradition um, when I was in high school where he and I would go pick out the tree together. And it was, you know, at a Christmas tree farm, so it was specifically, you know, just outside of town. Okay, you didn't Um, just go to somebody else's land and (laughs) steal their tree. Not somebody's front yard. sound like something your father would do. No, but we would go, and this was like, I suppose, I think it was probably usually before that my brother had gone, but like for two or three years it was like our tradition that we would go cut down the tree. So I have such fond memories of it, and they were grown for that purpose. In fact, once when um, when we lived in Washington State, we had a tree in the front yard, that we cut because it needed to come down, but it was Christmas tree shaped. So we cut down a tree in our own yard and oh, used wow. it as a Christmas tree. <laughs> and I think to this day, it is my mother's favorite Christmas tree. Um, but and that one was beautiful. But then there's also that push pull of like, but do you actually want to cut down a Christmas tree? So I know we have had uh, an artificial tree. We did have a real tree once and that was lovely. They do shed a lot. They are a fire danger. Honestly, I think here in California, because fire danger is such a thing and there aren't a lot of trees, I would have a much harder time here cutting down a tree, um, especially since we already own an artificial tree. So that's the whole like plastic versus wood thing. Yeah. It's complicated. It is complicated. And to me, I guess it relates a little bit to what how I was thinking about palm trees, that there's the difference between the idea of the thing and the reality of the thing. Mm-hmm. And to me, I love the idea of the Christmas tree. I love what it symbolizes and kind of how it grew into this 
you know, very specific tradition mm-hmm. and I don't need a real physical tree mm-hmm. for those ideas to resonate and to look at the lights and to feel the peace of turning out all the other lights and just see the glow yeah. of that Christmas tree. And that to me just gets back to that tradition of the Yule log and why we have uh, at least the, you know, original secular versions of this holiday of mm-hmm. the it's it's the dark darkest time of the year but there's still hope there's still light and you look at that light and you concentrate on that and you concentrate on the hope and like you can get all those ideas with an incredibly crappy fake tree which we have because i bought it for a sketch and it's wonderful many years ago (laughs) (laughs) and we put it up in the one year you really you had this real love of the the real trees and we tried it yeah and And i'll own it i was a grump about it because Mm -hmm. i it, it shed so much mm-hmm. and it started looking so sad and it was so much work well and then you have to put it out on the side of the road and that just feels like you're abandoning it so honestly i think that was one of the things that was hardest and for me it's just like okay i've loved you i've brought you into my house you've been an important part of this holiday celebration you've given me hope no. now go live on the curb until somebody picks you up and shreds you yeah chippers you yeah so yeah and that and in los angeles here that's that because trees can just sit out a much longer time i guess i i don't know why but the trees are out much longer like you can go deep into january like i feel like there have been like into the second week of january and there are still just on streets trees just on their side that looks like they are hung over and waiting for their lift ride yep (laughs) <laughs> that's not it's special to me uh <laughs> in terms of tree ideas yeah so we have the cultural tradition of the christmas tree mm-hmm. do you wish more holidays or events had trees would you be happy if culture went that way to be like and there is a halloween tree and a fourth of july tree and a back to school tree <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like the idea of trees for things or trees being used in different ways for things. Um, Since I don't like necessarily having trees individually be scary, a Halloween tree, maybe not. Fourth of July trees, fireworks and trees (laughs) terrify me. So uh, (laughs) these are all bad ideas. Um, I mean, maybe we all just need to spend more time celebrating Arbor Day. Yeah. Because that is a tree day. Um, But I, I think, you know, we could like trees um uh what's the like midsummer i mean oh, yeah. i know that's not actually the you the maypole not the tree but i feel like there's places for trees within midsummer or yeah may day and yeah yeah you were talking about fruit trees and and trees is a real symbol of life i would consider like mm-hmm. fruit like you can just walk by and get sustenance yeah how would you feel like if in the summer that was the tradition to have some sort of viable fruit tree in your home i would love it <laughs> Yeah. That, how ridiculously impossible is that? Like, what do you mean? Because well, I'm just, I'm an idiot about some practical things in life because I know too much about Star Wars and comedy theory and Jerry Lewis. So, if we were going to say this summer, uh-huh. for the month of June, we are going to have a small lemon tree in our apartment where the Christmas tree normally goes, oh. and we're going to keep it alive to the point where we can pick lemons off of it. Uh, for the uh, twist in our martinis. <laughs> um, I don't think that our apartment gets enough light. Okay. I think you could have it outside. Um, I don't know what season lemons grow, so there's that also. Okay. Like lime trees have a few seasons throughout the year, but their biggest season is in the winter. 
very awkward for gin and tonic season, just not in the winter. But you could certainly have them outside. I think, but that's, I mean, that's part of the whole thing, or you'd need to have like a greenhouse or a hothouse. Yeah. Um, It might be warm enough here, but we do not get enough sunlight in our apartment. Okay. Sorry. Speaking more largely about trees as a symbol of light, because I I Mm -hmm. accept that our summer lemon tree is going to be a lot more work and maybe not possible. (laughs) It's a beautiful dream. Um, Trees are obviously such a symbol of the cycle of life, particularly uh, places like where we both generally grew up, the Midwest, where the cycle of life is obvious. You see the trees bloom. You see the leaves change color. You see them fall off. And then you have a very long time where they are, quote unquote, dead. Uh, or dead looking you know in the winter right yeah um do how do you have a favorite phase of trees like if you were able to go here i want to see a tree in your mind is it always spring in full bloom is it the beautiful changing colors is there ever a time where you have a passionate association with this sort of like those creepy long naked fingers of a (laughs) winter tree um here's where i am just gonna there are things that I about all of the season. <laughs> at least I'm laughing at myself while I say it. I mean, I love, especially in that kind of like deciduous forest, there's the magic of spring, like spring green. I think especially as I've gotten older has really, um, and we had some really brutal winters in yeah. Minnesota before we moved to Los Angeles. Um, that spring, like that color of spring green and those first buds on the trees just like, again, I didn't really mean think I was going to talk about magic this much, but that is another one of those feelings that's just like, the earth is magic. The world is magic. These trees are magic. Like you see yes. the big lilac trees and they have those first little blooms or, you know, whatever kind of tree. And they've got their, those little buds that come out and you're like, oh, life. Yeah. Color. It's so intense. Wow. And you feel it, right? And you feel it. Like, you feel it like I, I, I can like, feel that viscerally. way again, too. Like yeah. if, if, if you've been having a hard time, you're like, I, I can bloom. Yeah. <laughs> I, too, can take light in and, you know, turn it into something that will give me sustenance. Um, but there's, you know, like the big, especially with bigger trees, like summertime and you you get like, again, like the big oak trees, the big maple trees. Um Side backtrack, spring trees, blooming trees, like your crab apples, your li- your lilacs. Yeah. Lilacs. Uh, <laughs> make fun of how I said that. I, I mean, I love the blooming trees, too. So that's another reason to love spring. Okay. Especially in the Midwest um, or other places with deciduous trees, as I, a lot of the ones that we're familiar with bloom in the spring. Yeah. But I love the fall colors, especially if you get a good blend of like your reds and your golds and yeah. other colors and that has an emotion to me of mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of like oh it's getting a little chilly it's time to calm down and spend a little bit more time at home and be yeah. cozy so even though technically it is the beginning of you know uh, the death part of the cycle mm-hmm. there's a like ah yeah that's nice and i actually do like trees in winter especially in places you know with the deciduous trees where that go through the cycle when it snows and you've got the dark line of the um, the trees and then the little, little white, white on the branches. Line. Yeah, like I love that that just that visual contrast. And you know, you get your berries and things that you. I yeah. don't know. I've suddenly changed. Like you get, but <laughs> like seeing the little berries on the trees. Yeah. Um. So there's things that I appreciate about yeah. all of them. Okay. And it has been fascinating living here in Los Angeles because things are on a different cycle. 
one of my favorite trees blooms in December. It's got bright pink flowers. It's the silk flower tree. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it belongs in a Dr. Seuss book. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, and it's got bright big pink flowers in December. Yeah. There are a lot of different trees and a lot of cool places like Descanso yeah. Gardens. Uh, there's a lot of places to, if you love trees, this is in, in some ways a really great place to be. Yeah. Um, okay. So you like the whole cycle, except, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Probably don't have a great fondness of like spooky Halloween tree when there's like there's wind whipping through the tree. It has like one lonely leaf still hanging on and all those (laughs) all those naked branches are, you know, they look like gnarled fingers that might reach down for you at any moment if the wind blows them toward you. Do you like that? I do. I like that, too. Oh, you do. Here's, Here's where I don't like trees when they've been clear cut. (laughs) <laughs> okay uh what exactly does that mean what does clear yeah mean? can can i tell you a very yeah. quick story yep. so when again when we lived in washington um i was we were going on a trip to the olympic peninsula i had seen a photo of a rainforest and like this would be like a pacific northwest version of a rainforest not an amazonian rainforest but it showed like the big old trees covered with moss i was so excited i figured out where it was on the map you know this is back pre-internet so we were going out there anyways, like, can we take this detour and go by this so we can see these amazing trees? And we drove that way. My parents were very understanding and accommodating of my brother and I. If we were like, oh, you want to do this little thing on our trip. And we drove around the corner and where the rainforest was supposed to be on the map had all been clear cuts. Like all of the trees were taken down and it was a bare hillside. So clear cut means everything's been taken everything's out. Everything's gone. Like even even the, the, the like maybe there were stumps, the but stumps. it was here's here's my Star Wars analogy. Okay. It's the mo- like in um Force Awakens, Ray thinks she's gonna see um all of the green leading to Maz Kanata's castle. Yeah. But instead she sees Jakku. Okay. Like you think everything's <laughs> gonna be green and lush, you've seen a picture of it. Yeah. You come around the corner, it's not green and lush, it's this like barren. this barren, everything living is gone. Okay. I burst into tears. And I think for years, I honestly could not tell this story without crying and getting so mad simultaneously. Yeah. Um, because it was really, I mean, it honestly was traumatizing because I had been building this up and was looking forward to it and didn't quite understand the whole like forestry and clear cutting would happen. And I thought yeah. this was a protected forest. And so I was just kind of beside myself. Yeah. So that's what I don't like. Okay. Clear cutting. (laughs) Understandably, the only trees you don't like is no trees. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right. We talked a little bit about forests, but I want to touch on that really, really briefly here. Um, So obviously a tree by itself, any tree by itself, you pretty much love, but too many trees. Is it really, how do you feel about that idea conceptually that like we talked about why forests are scary from a literal practical sense of you can be lost in them. You can, if, they're mm-hmm. in the wrong place. You can actually be in danger from creatures or humans, all mm-hmm. sorts of things, all the mythical things of, you know, you get lost in the dark woods and it's an analogy for being lost in your own, you know, not understanding the true nature of the world kind of thing. Yeah. All of that. How do you feel about the idea that you could be frightened of something that is entirely composed of something you love? <laughs> <laughs> like it's all trees it's all things yeah. you love but when you add them all together it has all these other cultural and practical associations yeah but it's not the trees themselves that i'm scared of it's 
It's what might uh, be lurking yeah. in them. And yeah. a tree might be able to save you. Right, because you can climb up that tree. Yeah. It's like the fire tree. <laughs> uh, do not climb up a tree if it's on fire. That is bad advice. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it was clear that you were not saying kids jump in the fire trees. Um, yeah, and I mean, and I, I don't mean to sound like I am like scared of forests. I actually love no. forests and will happily go wandering through forests. Um, which does come back to what you were saying of the idea that a lot of it is very practical. And my very vague understanding is like some of the Grim- Grimm's fairy tales, a lot of them, the bad things happen when you go into the forest. Yeah. Because that was the unknown place or it was the place where things were less safe. Yeah. Whether from animals or other people. Well, and to me, it's a, an extension of trees being this just sort of like um, nature's much too on the nose reminder <laughs> of who we are mm-hmm. but uh with they can be they can be feel lush and ancient and wise and benefactors and they can feel withered and old and dangerous absolutely um, and like we lived so many different places uh my family and there was one time that we had a pretty big backyard but then immediately along the fence there was just a bunch of woods and we would go play there during the day and it was great and every night i just like you were describing was just half fascinated half terrified mm-hmm. i would imagine like if somebody breaks in the house i'll run in there but will i be more safe in there or yeah. you know are older kids hanging out in there mm-hmm. and what are they doing at night and like we we have these you know long standing cultural fascination with it yeah and it's really interesting too what to me what you say because there is that difference of how do you feel about things during the day versus how you feel about things at night yeah and i feel like trees and forests are one of those that a lot of people probably just subconsciously have really different opinions about depending on is it daytime is it nighttime yeah you know are you on a path or are you not on a path yeah did you yeah. mean to be here or did you not mean to be here <laughs> yeah uh so is to not end our main conversation on a spooky walk <laughs> through the unknown woods here's a question for yeah. you yeah if you had the magical ability to create a brand new tree what would it be like oh my gosh Oh my gosh, that's so much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said, what might it be like? Oh, wow. Because it doesn't need to be perfect. It just um, needs to be a tree. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go for like an evergreen style. We've been talking a lot about cedars, so something okay. in the evergreen family. Okay. Um, I was going to say a fir, but honestly, firs can often be kind of creepy. So we'll stick with a cedar. It'd be a nice okay. cedar. Um, Needles or leaves? uh needles for for furs um i guess this doesn't this could be an anything tree right it's an anything tree you can go crazy back up okay the tree is gonna have a trunk (laughs) (laughs) from the trunk it's gonna split at a low level into either two or three like sub trunks or branches oh yeah um, which provides nooks for the people to sit or the animals to frolic. Oh, nice. Or the stuffed animals to have their tea party uh, or the wood nymphs to, you know, sleep. <laughs> and then from there as it goes up, it's then it's going to go up. So mm-hmm. right now we're looking kind of like a tuning fork. Yeah. And then um, it's going to have some really fun colored flowers. Oh, okay. Let's do like... Let's do like some bright yellow or something flowers, and then it'll turn into leaves. But then in the winter, it's going to have berries. Okay. 
And I'll have like a nice big canopy that provides shade. Okay. And it can grow to be 800 years old. So it is the ancient tuning tree. Yeah. (laughs) The ancient floral tuning tree. I look forward to sitting in that. Thank you. We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. You've answered many questions like this, so you know what the deal is. Do you think about trees every day? (laughs) I would say no, but probably yes, I do. I mean, there are... uh, Yesterday, I was on the phone to my father, and uh, you have a tree, a monthly tree calendar, and I I couldn't... I was having a hard time concentrating because I kept walking past that (laughs) image, and it is so powerful. It's a bunch of trees silhouetted with the moonlight, and it is like right on that edge of spooky but peaceful and mm-hmm. romantic You're like yeah there there are many images of trees there are trees i work by trees i look at the trees when i drive past yeah i walk through trees at work and i have two cards that people have given me of trees by our bed so yep, yeah i do think about trees <laughs> one way or another every day how often do you like stop and think about trees which i know it sounds like a joke but i mean mm. like how often do you actually like reflect on oh I really like that kind of tree or it's been too long since we've been to a garden or oh I wonder if I could ever plant one of those like where you're actually really thinking substantively yeah about a tree if we include the like oh I really like the way that those leaves are shown against the sky because uh, I'm trying to make sure I remember to look up in life yeah and what often grabs me is how leaves look against the sky or against a building so if we include that I'm gonna say at least once a week okay nice nice uh, would you or have you ever literally hugged a tree? Oh, I have and I happily will again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it would take too long to go into the number of times. Oh, I couldn't count, but I would <laughs> always be happy to hug a tree as long as it's, you know, not one that's going to hurt me. Okay, I debated about asking this next one, but I think it would be <laughs> an interesting conversation. Uh, when people walk into our home, do you think they can tell someone here is obsessed with trees? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't think so. I think you'd really have to look because I think, frankly, my action figures are too overwhelming. (laughs) I mean, they are visually one of the first things you see. Yes. My tree calendar is right by the door. Yes. But a lot of people might have a calendar with artistic pictures of trees. Yeah. We don't have like a big painting of a tree on a wall. What's wrong with us? We need one. Uh, And some of the other tree things uh, are not like... In this the public one, space. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I don't think they would. Okay. Interesting. They'd have to look around. And then when they saw uh, the remarkable world of trees. Then they'd know. Then they would know. <laughs> uh, would you want a tree growing in the middle of our apartment? Which I didn't even know you were going to bring up when I put in here. <laughs> uh, if, like, all of the actual practical realities yeah. were figured out. And it worked and yeah. it wasn't causing us to like need an extra hour a day to take care of the tree or the things that came in around the tree. Yeah. Absolutely. Please. <laughs> I'm ready. Any particular kind you want? You would, uh, I mean, Ooh. I was being selfish because I like the martinis with the twist that I would want the lemon tree right, right up in our home. I mean, I'd be happily have a lemon tree if it would grow here. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. mean, sure. But is there a specific kind of tree if you got to pick and there was one mm, is there a specific would, kind you'd want i would want one with like cool interesting bark than like interesting gnarls Ooh. that doesn't get too big yeah but so you can really study the yeah. bark because we haven't talked about bark a lot yeah, yeah so i i don't know what kind of tree i want but i think i would be pretty opinionated about what kind of tree i would want. okay that would be a big decision that we make <laughs> as a couple that's right all right uh would you ever write a poem about trees Oh, or have I, you? I probably have. Yeah. I would again. <laughs> I, I would really love to hear one that sort of captures your, your youthful feelings about all of the wood nymphs. 
I will take a look. I probably there probably are some out there. If you have a wooden nymph poem, I uh-huh. really, really want to read it. <laughs> See what I can find. All right. If you encountered a talking tree, would you be thrilled or terrified? I mean, my first instinct is thrilled, but after this whole conversation, when we keep talking about trees and forests being scary, which is not what I meant I didn't to mean, talk about. I don't, I'm not talking about trees being scary. I'm talking about the difference between a tree and a forest, a yeah. healthy acknowledgement of the power of a forest. You know, it's a lot like people. It depends on the approach. If the tree is like, good morning, Sarah. I'd be like, good morning, tree. I'd be so excited. <laughs> you would but be if, doing a Pee Wee's Playhouse episode. Yeah, but if it was a day that I had worked late at night, it's 11 p.m. at night. I'm basically like jingling my keys so the coyotes don't come out and get me. And a tree is like, Sarah. Then I would run screaming and lock myself in the car. Okay, so it's all about a tree's intention. It is. It's all about yeah. intent. Okay, well, let me, a- let, let me ask a couple more questions about, about <laughs> this one. Uh just because trees are obviously alive, but they're alive mm-hmm. differently than us. If you mm-hmm. just saw a face on a tree, mm-hmm. would that be a, like a, it's cool that there that there's a tree that's now closer to us? Or would it be like, hey, trees, you do your thing. Humans have faces. <laughs> Leave it, it to us. Would it be like a very human face? Or yeah. would it be like, you know how some trees kind of look like they have faces? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, except for it's it's a face. There's no, like, yeah, it's, it's made no, out of bark, but yeah, it's a face. It's got, like, blinking eyes. Yeah. I mean, I want trees to be themselves. <laughs> so which that's is the not tree grows. to say that if a tree just grows eyes, I'm going to take them away and say those are mine. Yeah. But I don't have a need to make a tree have a human-looking face. Okay, okay. I would be perfectly happy for, like, the leaves to be able to make the wind whisper, hello, Sarah. Okay. And then I would frolic and give it up. <laughs> okay, so the no matter how I approach this question, the answer is, if the trees say hello to you in a friendly voice, you're happy. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay, uh, this is a little side thing that I also wanted to ask because it's it, uh, such a big thing to me. Twin Peaks has such a yeah. uh, through line of there are the, the wood holds many spirits. And mm-hmm. often in Twin Peaks... There's some definitely some dark moments, but in in some of the larger ones, it's it's um, it's a positive thing. It's a it's a there's wisdom here. There's yeah. ancient truth here. There's, yeah, there's it, knowledge of the way the the physical world truly works. Yeah, but it does also certainly tie into the mysterious, spooky. Um, you should be scared of some trees. Yeah, there's good and bad in those in those dark woods. Yeah. In, in, in Twin Peaks. Um, but just that idea, specifically with the log lady, that there the strong implication is mm. that her husband, a firefighter who, who died in a fire, lives in her log. Mm-hmm. How do you like? Do you like that idea of of trees being a, a basically a resting place for souls? That there's a way that hmm. because to me that that's an interesting way to approach this sense that we have that we know they're alive, but it yeah. is different. I like the idea of trees being a resting place for wisdom. Yeah. But necessarily one person being tied to one tree. Yeah. Just seems a little, yeah, a little creepy, a little literal. Yeah. Um, that said, there is in the um, eco-burial world, I don't know if this is has been approved yet, but there's this whole movement to try to get like basically sorry no, <laughs> no, it's fine. I, no, yeah, no. to have um 
basically people would be like kind of planted in a pod after they passed away and then have a tree be planted on top of them. But the idea is that like the nutrients from your body would feed, help feed oh, the tree. Wow. Which to me is yeah. like such a beautiful idea. I don't know if it's been allowed anywhere in the United States or anywhere, but um, yeah. to me, like that very little, like in that sense, I like the literal sense. In the yeah. literal sense of like this tree whispers, you know, my great uncle's voice to me, that would be a little weird. <laughs> but if it's like, oh, when I walk by this tree, I feel close to my grandmother yeah. and I can sense or imagine that yeah. I have that connection there like that's kind of where for my yeah. personal boundary like that's where my personal boundary is absolutely uh, yeah and I understand and there are, everybody's in a different place but oh, that's my personal boundary of course and there are different levels to it but I, when you say wisdom I like that idea and honest there's there's many things going on with the woods and spirits and, and um, yeah in, we're in not Twin even Peaks. going into that yeah I'm not even gonna talk about Josie we're not gonna talk about Josie no um or Judy uh, but I like what you say about just feeling wisdom, like that idea. And that's, that's a little bit the way I feel the mm-hmm. log lady with her log. Like if it was yeah. in, in real life, if I could walk up to a tree and I could kind of put my hand on it and I could feel more connected to wisdom and sort of like past sort of the, some of the baggage of society mm-hmm. and the way we have constructed reality and just felt, feel like a deeper sense of this is the way the natural world works. This is the truth of what you're feeling on a sort of like deep animal physical world way and sort of it just releases you of some of the constructs of society yeah yeah i i personally just really like that idea or even if there were like i mean getting closer to the log lady like if there were a tree that you knew somebody who passed away really loved this tree and you felt like nope like this tree is somehow connected to them but not that it's actually talking to you. Yeah. No talking unless yeah. it's friendly on the way to work. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right. That was a long diversion. We'll get back to our how obsessed are you questions. Uh, would you eat a breakfast cereal called trees? I mean, it depends on what it's made out of. Eh, breakfast stuff. Wheat. Okay. Sure. Is that a way that you want to interact with trees? Like that you just. Oh, like, like specifically because things are look like trees or leaves. Yeah. I just want to be kind of immersed in the world of trees down to like. The same way people are like, Batman cereal? I love Batman. Cool. Yeah. I want to be um, around Batman. I want to eat Batman. Yeah, it wouldn't necessarily be a driver for me. For okay. me but if it was like, oh, if you buy this, $5 goes to the Forest Conservancy or something, then I'd be like, oh, maybe. Okay. If a friend actively didn't like trees, yeah. would you stop hanging out with them? No, but I would be so interested in having a conversation with them and figuring out like... Why? F- yeah, figuring out why and maybe sharing why I like trees. And I think that would be fascinating. Okay. Yeah. And if they continued to be belligerent about it, would it bum you out? Would it change your mind? If you encountered somebody that you you kind of like, you, you got along with otherwise and you thought they're a pretty cool, interesting person, but they were just like, hey, no, we talked it through and trees are dumb. I don't like them. Um, would that sour... Is your connection to trees so deep that it would sour your opinion of that person? If we had talked through it and, it, you know, I I talk to you about trees a lot. <laughs> and I like trees. But I, in general, don't talk about <laughs> trees a lot. I suspect that a lot of people might be like, oh, yeah, Sarah totally seems like she would be into trees. But yeah. might be like, oh, yeah, Sarah's totally obsessed with trees. So I could see a world where it, it would be like, okay, you don't like trees. I do like trees. We're just not going to talk about it. That's fine. Okay. But it was like every time they saw me, they're like, just so you know, I hate trees. Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely sell with the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. 
Uh, if aliens visited Earth and you got to greet them, would you bring them a small tree as a greeting? Ooh, possibly. Yeah, like yeah, take I this back it. to your world and plant it. Yeah. Here's some of the beauty of the Earth. Yeah, Wally. <laughs> Connection right there. I guess that was a plant. We don't know what kind yeah. of tree plant it was. But anyway, but I, would... I would absolutely at least you know take in the situation, but yeah. Awesome. It would be in my top ten, okay. top five considerations. Considerations? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good, good. That's uh, this one. That's a little uh, less weird than sometimes when I ask people about the aliens, uh, greeting the aliens. So this is the bear question. Uh huh. You've answered the bear question before, <laughs> so I had to change it up. It's yeah. more absurd and okay. just accept the reality. Okay. This is an absurd question. Okay. And, and take it seriously. I'm ready. And answer it. I'm serious. If you're in charge of protecting an ancient tree from destruction, but you saw a bear with an axe start swinging at the tree. What would you do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Scream into the microphone is what I would do. Wow. Because like all of like, what are you supposed to do with a bear? You're supposed to get really big. But if you get really big, then the axe is going to come at you. Yeah, and you can the clang tree. and make noise. I mean, the spirit. I would make noise. Okay. I would. Yes, I would definitely try to protect the tree. Okay. In answer to the question and not getting down into the details. Um, I would hope that I would have already made one of those plans that I had and I would have like a little bell by me or something that I could ring (laughs) or I would throw rocks in the other direction or something. I would try to save the tree. Yeah. Okay. Because you would, you take guardianship of trees seriously. Yeah. To the point where you would, uh, be willing to, to risk physical danger because you need to keep that tree safe. That is your duty. Yes. But that said, if the ax was like going to come through my midriff or, take a little chunk out of a 500 year old tree mm-hmm. it's going to do a lot more damage to me than True. it is to the tree that's good thing so then i would maybe uh you know try to duck out of the way because then maybe i could like distract the bear or, like make noise over in the other direction or something so the bear it would take more than one hack to you know knock over a tree oh absolutely yeah. especially an ancient one yes but it might not take more than one hack to knock over me so just to be very clear yeah. my question was not would you let a bear hit you with an axe that's okay. not a question <laughs> that i'm gonna ask my wife record on a podcast and then tell people hey listen to this i will try to protect the tree while being aware of personal safety okay How's i that? think that's the best answer <laughs> Uh, as you know, I so asked people to make. Uh, I did. I did. I asked people to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise can you make? <sighs> nice. Just the piece of the tree, right? Yeah, nice. breathing in all that oxygen that they're creating. All right. On a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, one being the lowest, where would you uh, rate your own obsession with trees? Probably at least a nine. A nine. It's pretty high up. Yeah, because you... Especially for me. Like, I very rarely rate myself above a seven. Yeah. I would say I'm probably a nine. But this a is nine a long-standing thing, and you've got to interact with trees in many different ways over yeah, the years, and you, you will in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might go hug a tree yet tonight. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we have moved on to the plugging section of our podcast. Yeah. So uh, can you tell people where they can find you? Yes. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw. No H on Sarah. You can find me um, on Instagram, where I often do post pictures of trees mm-hmm. at Scrim Street. Yeah, yeah. 
and the Greystone Facebook page, there are often cool yes, tree pictures, lots right? Lots of good um, tree and flower photos, um, and that is Greystone Mansion and Gardens. Awesome. Here are some quick plugs for this show, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook as at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. In particular, I have a brand new comedy album. It is called Joseph Scrimshaw versus Time. It is covering a year of my life with a story, a joke, or a bit for every month of the year. I really had fun putting it together, so go check that out. There is a link to it right on the front of the website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, final questions. You yes, ready? ready. If you could run at super speed, but only if you were wearing a funny hat, would you do it? Yeah. <laughs> What I have of- no problem wearing a funny hat. <laughs> Wait, you look good in all your hats. Sometimes I, <laughs> sometimes I see a hat not on you, and like that's that's ridiculous. And then you put it on, and you make it work. Thank you. It's very kind <laughs> of what you. What kind of funny hat would you wear to run at super speed? So the the idea that came into my head first, I don't know if this is a funny enough hat, would be I don't know how else to describe it, but like a Robin Hood like hat, <laughs> you know, like felt with a little yeah. feather poking up. For some reason, it just made me feel like oh, I'd be like yeah. running in forward motion. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, like, making lots of gestures often right now. the hat that uh, the uh, traditional Green Arrow from DC Comics, not the uh, hooded from oh, the yeah. uh, later 80s onward but uh the traditional little cap with yeah, the feather in it with yep. the feather in it is okay. that is that silly enough yeah okay that's great yeah. i would love to see you run in super speed at that if you had to turn into a wear something once a month what would you want to turn into can i turn into a wear tree <laughs> yes <laughs> all right uh it's always fun to ask people what is happiness when they've just given their happiest answer because you look so happy about turning into a tree once a month but in the spirit of trees, you've yeah. answered this question before, but in this particular spirit, what is happiness? Happiness is walking on a path through a forest in the early spring, so you've still got dappled sunlight coming through the trees, and you can take a deep breath and feel all that fresh oxygen and feel at peace. Mm, that is a great answer. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on to talk about trees on purpose this time. <laughs> <laughs> that is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. So I'm walking down the street and all the different trees have a different hello. And I'm just walking and I can hear them be like, hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Hello. And it would be my own little fun little friendship walk down the street.